me? Do I have to do it? Nope, I got it. Oh, cool. Hey, everybody. It's Microphones of Madness. I'm Rodney. Over there, Steve. The three-lobed eye. That's right. Today, we are talking a pair of stories. Uh, we'll be looking at Robert Block's Shambler from the Stars and Howard Phillips Lovecraft's Haunter in of or in the of. Dark. Haunter of the Dark. dark. All right. Let me just make so, sure I'm not lying. Let me just make sure I'm not lying. Dark, dark fury, you know, the Haunter of the Dark. Haunter of the Dark. Howard Phillips Lovecraft. All right, Steve, give everybody a synopsis. Where do you want to start? Um, let's just start off by saying I, these two stories are kind of um, inter not interchangeable, but they are kind of a game, I guess, that was played. Um, Block wrote Shambler from the Stars, and um, one of the characters was obviously Lovecraft, and they ended up killing him in this story. <clears throat> um, so in the, I guess, the letter pages of Weird Tales, someone pointed this out to Lovecraft and said, you should, um, you should write a story in response. And so he did. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And um, personally, I think that uh, the Shambler from the Stars, the only reason it is of any significance um, as a story is because it gave us uh, The Haunter of the Dark. Oh, really? Yes. That's, I, that's bold. I thought it was a horrible story. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was, it was like every, uh, what was he, like 17 when he wrote it? He was really young. Right. When when he wrote this story, he was like a, you know, he was like me in high school trying to write Lovecraft pastiche. And um that's what he did. You know, he took something that has like a thousand stories before it and just like scrawled it on paper. Mm -hmm. Which is um, which is interesting in that in the text of the story itself the narrator is a writer of weird fiction who wants to take his work to the next level and, and not do the shit that everybody else is doing. Right. He, he actually, he, he kind of makes fun of, of um, people who do the shit that everyone else is doing. And hold on, I'll get the, get the exact line here. Cause it's fantastic. Um, sorry. You might have to, to uh, get rid of this while I look up. We will edit this part out. No, we won't. And we'll make it a, an outtake and put it in front of the bumper music. There we go. Okay. Um, my first attempt soon convinced me how utterly I had failed. Sadly, miserably, I fell short of my aspired gold. goal. My vivid dreams became on paper merely meaningless jumbles of ponderous adjectives. And I found no ordinary words to express the wondrous terror of the unknown. My first manuscripts were miserable and futile documents, the few magazines using such material being unanimous in their rejections. <laughs> so he was saying that, like, basically he was saying that he was, like, putting out pastiche. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to up his game. So he went to, uh, he started, like, doing some digging. And the conceit of this story is that, once again, he lives in a world where these things are real, that Lovecraft exists in as well. So the Necronomicon is real, Cult the Ghouls is real, and his personal book that he I think he made up for this, the 
vermin mysterious or something. What's what's it called? Um, uh, the mysteries mystery. of the worm. Yeah, it, whatever that is in Latin. Uh, the mysteries of the worm, uh, which he finds a copy of. Hey, in a used bookstore um, in Chicago. Yeah. Now here's the thing that always bothers me about you know Milwaukee's the... not good enough. He had to go to Chicago. Yeah. Well. Not not that, because, you know, I give two shits about Milwaukee or Chicago. However. Sorry, guys. These, I, have friend, I have friends in Milwaukee. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and Chicago. Sorry. Just, just drink your beer and watch your Cubs. Eat your, and Eat your sausage, eh? You said it, not me. <laughs> All of these books, right, are, are supreme masterpieces of the hidden and sinister forces in the universe and you buy them at joe's used bookstore for a quarter for a quarter <laughs> for a quarter because like it, he like didn't pay a lot for it it was just like <clears throat> he, i don't know it was on some junk pile probably yeah. got it at some estate sale and just picked up a lot <clears throat> but yeah so unlike the necronomicon which is like held under lock and key and every every copy is known and and locked up because it's so dangerous. Uh, Mysteries of the Worm is available at your garage sales, um, mm -hmm. estate sales, uh, used book emporiums, and big lots. Yep, absolutely. Now, it might have been the Simon <laughs> Mysteries of the Worm. I, obviously, it wasn't because it worked. Right. So he, it, it's written in Latin and he didn't speak Latin, but he knew a guy who had lived in Providence. Yeah, another another writer of weird fiction who liked old things, who lived in uh, Providence, and right at, at the I think he gives out his address as well. I think he like actually gives out um, Lovecraft's address. Doxed. Yeah, he doxed <laughs> he doxes Lovecraft to all all the fifty people who read Weird Tales at the time. Right, and um. Who probably had his address already, so it really... really right, because, like, yeah, I mean, th those days you had people's addresses because you wrote to them. Right, right. Not because you got on a damn bus and... Stands were not as common back then. Right. So he goes to Providence to get uh, Lovecraft to translate this for him, which he does. And in the middle of doing this translation, um, it works. And they call forth the uh, the the Shambler, which is a um, a, a star vampire. If you mm. call it Cthulhu, it's called the Star Vampire, uh, which is great because it's in this invisible thing that lifts uh, Lovecraft up in the air and starts to drain his blood. And as it drains the blood out, it starts to become visible. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so so Blockfruit or Blake, I guess the narrator. Freaks out and leaves leaves Lovecraft to his fate. No, burns his shit down and then leaves. <laughs> and burns him right. Burns leaves him to his fate. Burns the shit down. Goes back to Milwaukee. Well, no one knew I was here anyway. Right. Um. And, and that's like that's the whole story, more or less. Mm -hmm. It is basically the same story. Uh, Frank Belknap Long's uh, Space Eaters. Mm -hmm. Um. It's the same story of Hounds of Tindalos. And I think really you can trace this structure of a weird tale probably to From Beyond. 
Right, where it's the Dr. Watson-style narration where he's a passive observer of what happens. Right, exactly. So, um, but but there's a there's a number of stories of of fanboys meeting Lovecraft and having Lovecraft uh, do something that brings something from beyond, and hilarity ensues. Right. Um, now we all know that um, Block got over it and went on to write Psycho, mm-hmm. which is you know considered part of. The, the one of the greats of Western horror canon. Yes. So once he got over the adjective thing, he actually did become a, a, a great writer. Good evening. I want to make a movie of Psycho. Uh, yeah, and that movie was made not too long after it was published. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, it's one of the few Hitchcock films that I could stand. Well, because... Unpopul- unpopular opinion. It's all good, man. It's all good. One of the things that bothers me for it. One of the things that bothers me about this uh, particular story is the whole conceit of it's an invisible monster until it drains your blood and it just becomes, uh, it fills itself up and becomes visible. It's like, all right. The, you know, the scene was kind of working while the monster was invisible. And I believe that uh, Howie felt the same way because in his response, his murder of Robert Block uh, through the forces of an indifferent and monstrous cosmos, the creature stays invisible for a long, you don't need, I mean, you, you see more of the effect of the creature rather than the creature itself. There is no, I think the, the final reveal of the creature in Haunter of the Dark, the three-lobe die, is um, it has like this psychic connection to Blake. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, his his consciousness is actually, you know, in some weird quantum flux with the creature. Right. So it's, you say what you want about Lovecraft, because he was a racist piece of shit, probably an asshole human being. And all that crap. Say what you want about him, but the guy had some pretty cool concepts on how to uh, create a monster. Mm-hmm. You know, he and he had the ability. He didn't always do it right on the page, but he and I think he does it right in this one. He has the ability to just give you enough that you fill in the rest. Right. And it works here. I think it works really well here. And this is why one, this is actually one of uh, my, I want to say top five, but definitely top 10 Lovecraft stories. Mm. Um, and I think probably not top five just because it's so short. You know, I, I think it would be just as effective if it was half the length. I did not need all of that architectural shit that he threw in there is pretty much filler. That, you know, that, I mean, he does Blake's, that. Blake <laughs> wanders through and, and admires all the old architecture and and stuff. It's like this hidden part of the city is like a fucking A and E documentary. Yeah. You know, you know next stop, Flavor Town. <laughs> I get what you're saying, but I think it's important because he 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 needed to come and have a contrast between where Blake was staying. And where he was going and how the city flowed into that, how it changed. And he did it fairly well. Usually he does shit like um, 
you know, you start meeting hordes of swarthy foreigners, and he ran that in a little bit in this in this book. Um, it was definitely there, but it wasn't like in your face. And I think that having the architecture change and and the styles change kind of was his. I'm not saying his attempt to be cool, but his attempt to uh, to show uh, just just you were entering a different world, so to speak. Yeah. And in, instead of using um, derogatory humans or derogatory attitudes towards humans, um, he was utilizing the architecture. Yeah, but did you notice that all the bits of architecture as he went on got browner and browner? <laughs> so, so he's racist against the buildings. <laughs> that that's how he that's how he uh, described it. Is you know the. Sh- the buildings were brown, and then he got to further in, and then not only were the buildings brown, the signs were brown. And, of course, all of this correlated to the residents of that particular neighborhood. So instead yeah. of instead of saying, you know, doing going full Red Hook on us, he still did it, but, well, like, if, well you know, the architecture reflects the people. Well, you've been to Providence, and you know that there are parts of Providence that are very brown, uh, uh, building-wise, not right, people-wise. Right. So, I, 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 I don't know. That might be a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> um, the edition that I have, uh, which is the new annotated Lovecraft edition, has pictures of um, what they believe this this church was. Um, I guess we should give a small synopsis of this story so people know what we're talking about. Lovecraft kills Block. Blake uh, comes to comes back to Providence um, after uh, a time to to write, and uh, he he takes a a residence um, on a hill, I think Prospect Hill, and he could see he has a panoramic view of the city from there. And there's this one part that he's that his eyes are drawn to, which is this mysterious spire. Looks like a church, so he decides to go looking for it. Um, as he gets closer and closer to where he thinks he is, the people there are more and more silent about uh, giving him directions mm. until he finally he he gets to his goal and he hears this uh, story about how the church is um is bad. You know, the local the local priest uh, shuns it. Mm. It's and, it's haunted. Yeah, it's a haunted place. So he goes in, of course, and starts exploring. Um, and it's basically your your dilapidated building uh, but he goes up in, into the spire because that's what attracted him to the building and inside um, instead of like a room bell tower there's this room with a uh, table with chairs set around it and you know mysterious foreign um, boss reliefs and stuff uh, nothing untoward but um, nothing like churchy mm-hmm. and sitting on this table is a, is a chest and inside the chest is the infamous shiny trapezohedron. Right. But on the bookshelves, there's also, you know, pretty much the full litany of... Yes, yes, you have all the all the, all the things that you can find in Chicago used bookstore in here. Right. This is where Chicago used bookstores get them, apparently. That, well, yeah. Um, so he, uh, he gazes into the shiny tra- trapezohedron because who wouldn't? Right. As and you do. He, and he's granted these visions of uh, alien landscapes and all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. 
then as, as happens right then uh he he does a little bit of research and gets a little bit of the history of this church and it turns out that you know there's missing kids and whatnot going on and there's legends that um this what this it was ancient it's always egypt it was egypt that right. this this artifact comes from um a, a heretical sect in egypt pharaoh something hotep that was planning to or it was a priest something hotep that was planning on overthrowing the power of the pharaoh um possibly the the pharaoh that kicked moses out something like that and um shit happened the uh shiny chaprosohedron was was uh lost to history and showed up here in this church right later it was found by brendan frazier and you know we've seen the three movies about that right so <laughs> what happened what ends up happening is when you look into the shiny trapezohedron um it looks back at you mm -hmm. and you summon forth the haunter of the dark which is an avatar of nyarlathotep you kind of find that out later on um and it's an invisible monster that's that cannot be in the light Mm -hmm. So Blake gets paranoid and um, just has lights on all the time. He he's he's uh his he feels relief at night because his his uh, house is um surrounded by street lights. And when thunderstorms strike and the lights go off, that's when he freaks out. Right to the point where he when he gets an inkling of a thunderstorm, he calls the power company. And says, "Yo." Y'all gotta keep them lights on. He's that guy. He's that guy. <laughs> but well, as this goes on, this alien presence starts to uh, invade his mind, and he starts sleepwalking to the point where he has to uh, tie himself to the bed. Um, and a couple of times, he wakes up in the church, um, not knowing what the fuck is going on, like in pitch dark. Um, eventually, there's this huge thunderstorm, and the thing is free. And um, it's coming at him, and he has the wherewithal to write in his diary, the eye, the eye, the three-lobed eye. Right. Because because some by some streak of... Uh, and this was kind of an interesting thing. I, I will give Lovecraft this. That that whole sequence of, of the journal where he's, he's doing his mad ravings, and the physical effect of this... Uh, shared intelligence that that blake has with the haunter in the dark compresses space so that you know he's looking out his window but he's looking directly into the windows of the spire right so so you have that weird kind of almost psychedelic thing going on at the end yeah so i i like this story a lot i think it builds really good tension i like the way it's written um so it's not the diary entries mm -hmm. of robert blake it's a guy researching the disappearance of robert blake and using um parts of the diary as part of his narrative mm -hmm. probably a lovecraft fan yeah looking probably. into blake because of his involvement with uh the <laughs> right. death was, of lovecraft right it was, it was bell not long mm. actually it was it was it was probably uh derleth because he was also a wisconsin guy mm. um i i also like the fact that um it was it <laughs> I could just picture Lovecraft like uh, reading uh, the Shambler from the Stars and going, "Oh my God, this is garbage!" Writing to 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 block, saying, "Oh, encouraging word, keep it up, son, you'll do great," and then finally going, "That bitch killed me." 
all right, this is what's going to happen. Cracking his knuckles and sitting down and writing this as like a kind of sit down. This is yeah. how it's done. <laughs> yeah, it's a, this, this it, is how the letter went. Hello, I'm Howard Phillips Lovecraft. And <laughs> if, even if you don't like the story, it is a thousand times better than the Shambler from the Stars. Right. That, and I'll, today I'll show you how to write an invisible monster. This was epic rap battles of history before there was rap. <laughs> mm. Who won? You decide. Well, it was Minecraft. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, a, you know, three-lobed eyes, like, mic drop. <laughs> yeah. Well, and now, let's look at, at uh, the three-lobed eye and the monsters, you know, that, that come from these two stories. Um, I'm sure that they call the uh, the Shambler from the Chaosium, calls the Shambler from the stars uh, a star vampire because they probably don't have the rights from Block to use uh, Shambler from the stars. Right. Okay. So, how many uh, scenarios, roughly, that you've played use star vampires? That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Haunter of the Dark, though, that's on the cover of the new Terror Australias. Yep. That was one of the big encounters in Masks. That was a was big it? encounter in Massive Narlathotep. Was, you know, this ver the Sandbat is the Haunter of the Dark. So. No, there was one. <coughs> excuse me. There was one. I, I think it might have been England where we encountered the haunter in the dark after what breaking was, into a warehouse. It was Australia. Oh, was it in Australia? Oh, that's it, right. It was in it the, was in Australia, the town because that's the sand bat. Ah, okay. That was so long ago. Yeah, it was. So it's a. Um, now I can't you can't fault like these guys like Block or or Belknap Long for you know writing these stories because I mean it's kind of like I guess it's like paying homage to their to their mentor. It's just I weird. Suppose. It's just weird to me that there's like a number of stories that have this pattern of like and and people still do it though. People still use Lovecraft as a character. We've talked about this before. Mm -hmm. You know, that it's probably one of the more disappointing tropes of uh, the 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 newer generation of Lovecraftian fiction writers is doing the whole, you know, Lovecraft was telling the truth shtick and having him in there. Um, the comic miniseries, The Shadow Over Innsmouth, which is a shadow story, I, ends. I like that story. <laughs> I like that. I'm like the one person in the world who actually no, liked I, I like I liked the book until it got to that last like four panels and it's you know Lovecraft is like writing down the story. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, see, I what if it was actually monsters? I could work with this. Right. <laughs> Excuse me, but can you write a story about meeting me so I can rebut you? Sure. Yeah, it's it, it just well that's where it became. That's where it began. With uh people like Belknap Long and, and Robert Block just trying to to lick the feet of the master or however you guys say it, sit at the feet of the master and just fumbling. <laughs> Rolling a one. Yeah. It's it's I mean, it's worth reading so you, as an introduction 
to Haunter of the Dark as like an academic exercise, I guess. Well, we, we kind of did it because they are related stories and it is that kind of tit for tat, you know, block kills Lovecraft, Lovecraft kills block, you know, and it's kind of a shame. Well, the, the Shambler from the stars was part of a, a three story cycle from block himself. So, you know, it really kind of continued after that. I'm sorry. You know, what? You're sorry. I said, I'm sorry. Yeah. I hope it, I hope it got better. Uh, I, couldn't tell you. I haven't read the other two, but um, you know it's well, it's well, one actually, of those things. It's it's really four because Lovecraft's Haunter is part of that storyline. Well, maybe uh, the character from Shambler of the Stars, you know, fled, did his other little adventures, it broke his mind, and uh, he ended up mummifying his mother and opening a hotel. Yeah, it's all connect. It's all continuity. One single stream of continuity. Now, I, w- I would like to put as an aside, um, speaking of Psycho, um, mm. of Lovecraft's advice that like he seemed to give everybody, make it your own. Don't write about my shit. You know, write about your shit. And Psycho is, is blocked totally doing that because obviously Psycho is based on uh, the, the Ed Gein thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was like, when I lived in Wisconsin, Ed Gein was like, you know, the super celebrity. Shit, somebody wrote a a, a, a musical play about it. Wow. That was great. (laughs) Uh, There was a housing co-op on East Gorham Street. Mm -hmm. um, Like 102 EG was the name of the the address and the co-op, and everyone called it 102 Ed Gein. Wow. I mean, yeah, like Ed Gein's like Ed Gein's like you know the the celebrity. It's Wisconsin, yeah. not not a right. lot of, of of things going on, but you know people embrace that. It's like the weird, you know, people embrace the weird, even like regular normal people, mm-hmm. you know, especially if it's something that's like huge, famous, and popular. Yeah, yeah, and we do have this kind of uh, fetish for for monsters and wanting to make them celebrities, right. like Ed Gein. Right, and and you look at Psycho. Psycho is a it's almost a palatable a version of Ed Gein mm. uh, because, like a lot of the the at least in the movie, um, a lot of the horrible things happened off camera, right? In the past, and you're just dealing with like the situation that gets him caught. Mm-hmm. So all the freaky shit that Norman Bates did, you know. That's that's you know you got to think about it. you got to think about how like the implications of mummifying your mother are right because you don't see it happen you just know it happened and then it kind of like creeps up on you just how freaky that is and how horrible it is mm-hmm. you know it, it's something you have to think about and it's like the same thing um, you know in the eighties with Ed Gein uh, it happened you know what like thirty years prior to that right. So it was old, um, and you you hear about yeah he made uh, furniture out. He only killed like one or two people, right? Right. His big thing was he was a ghoul. Mm-hmm. He was digging up graves and making people suits and wearing women's vaginas. Right. <laughs> Not that that's normal, and it's disturbing. It's ultimately it's it's really disturbing, but it's it's only killed two people. Right. <laughs> right. 
but you know, it's not at like he was um, Ted. Well, and, and yeah, in comparison to you know those who came after, he was a lightweight. Yeah, I mean, he just like was freak of the week, just like the shit he did. But yeah, it's like his body count wasn't all that great, but like he made up for it in just sheer creep. Mm-hmm. Creative, creative creep. But and and you know, if he didn't get caught, who, who's to say that you know how many more he would have. He would have, you know, killed how many more women he would have killed or whatever. This is true. And and everyone says that he was the nicest guy, which is like the thing about uh, Norman Bates. At the end of that movie, you know, he's sitting there and he's like, I wouldn't hurt a fly. Yeah. They 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 say that about all of them though. Oh, they they were they they were quiet. They kept to themselves. Such a great neighbor. Right. There was a Burned a lot of incense. Uh, there's a smell coming from underneath his his uh, crawl space, but yeah, he was a great guy. I mean, we get a lot of rats and stuff around here. Maybe something crawled up under there and died. Right. Who knows? Yeah, Maybe yeah. a little stray dog, stray cat, or something. Had the best you know, barbecues. Oh yeah, great chili, that sort of thing. Just goes to show you, America loves a good serial killer. Yeah, I mean, we just like what riffed on like four or five of them in one go. <laughs> This is true, but uh, yeah, uh, Haunter of the Dark, Shambler from the Stars, a, a a couplet of weird fiction where Robert Block says, I'm going to make an invisible monster and then make it visible. Pretty sure and, Robert Block probably talked like he, you know, he was from Wisconsin. Hey, man, I'm I don't, gonna, I don't do it. Make a, I'm going to go make an invisible monster. <laughs> I'm going to make him out of cheese. <laughs> He's going to be center on the Packers. He's <laughs> Sorry. Brett Far Beyond. <laughs> Did you say Brett Far be Brett from Beyond? <laughs> oh wow. And Lovecraft saying, Oh, hold my water. Yeah. Hold, hold, hold my, my expired tuna fish. <laughs> hold my spaghettios, my good man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sit yeah. thy five dollar ass down before I make it change. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is, uh, for you know, longer than I can remember, Block was probably a more um, a bigger household name than Lovecraft. This is true. Well, I mean, he wrote Psycho, and Alfred Hitchcock loved Psycho, and Alfred Hitchcock is probably you know, the guy that propelled it. I mean, it was, you know, yeah. a best-selling well, novel on its own. Well, he wrote Psycho, and then he wrote the screenplay as well. Right. I mean, yes. so he dub double-dipped on that, so. Yep. He and then he like said, this. ha, 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 my SpaghettiOs are fresh, Howie. That's right. I got mini raviolis. <laughs> <laughs> Chef Boyardee. <laughs> oh, fuck. And that's about all the time we have today. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, Chandler of the Stars is probably harder to find. Um, I We got it in the second Cthulhu Mythos Mega Pack. That's where available on Amazon.com. Link will be right. in the description. Um, and the uh, Haunter of the Dark is in almost every collection of uh, Lovecraft. You're going you're gonna to get out there. So right. we'll, link, we'll link one of them, but it's in all of them. 
Right. And if you don't want to uh, like hunt these books down and read them, uh, YouTube has uh, a couple of excellent uh, audio versions of both stories. There you go. All right. So that's it. Uh, we'll be back next time to blaspheme more classic horror writers. <laughs> and until that time, 30. Keep 30 luck points. Keep 30 luck points.